Welcome to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. I'm your host, Kristen Thomas. I'm a relationship, dating, and sex coach based in Kansas City, and I just love to talk to people about what goes on in their sex lives and relationships. I also enjoy a good conversation about love, activism, or making change in the world. Be warned, you should probably be 18 and over, and probably also listening on your headphones. Thanks for tuning in. Let's make 2020 the year you focus on your connection with your partner. Is it time to rekindle that spark that drew you together? You're not alone in that. Certified sex coach Christine D'Angelo and I have created a game-changing retreat for couples who are looking to recharge their electricity and get back to that honeymoon phase. And what better environment than a luxurious paradise? Whether your relationship could benefit from more emotional and physical intimacy or you're seeking more novelty and excitement, you'll find a new level of comfort and support in realizing what your relationship can and should be. Creating new experiences and seeing your partners trying something new is really what keeps the spark alive. And in just five days, myself and Christine will lead you through talk-only workshops, group discussions, and exercises to explore in your free time together, which will strengthen the intimate experiences between you and your partner while immersed in paradise. This retreat will be at a couple's Tower Isle Resort in Ocho Rios, Jamaica. It's a hotel that exudes luxury and romance, and it caters to couples only. It's situated on some of Jamaica's most pristine beach property, and there's even a private nude island. Your free time won't be just all homework and workshops. Couples Resort features luxury amenities that are to be enjoyed during your stay. You can sail into the sunset with your other half or spend an afternoon in pampered bliss at the spa with a hot stone massage or a skin-quenching mud wrap. You can even hop on their boat over to, like I said, that private island. Couples Tower Isle offers all of that and then some. These workshops are designed to support you in embracing authenticity and getting back to that place you used to be. Really what you're going to gain from this retreat is improved, open communication, you'll strengthen your bond as a couple, rejuvenate your sex life, and bring more curiosity in the bedroom. We also want to help you learn to explore what sexual fulfillment really means for you and experience and learn to practice self-care. And hopefully you'll also learn to deepen your emotional intelligence. You can find more information by going to my website, openthedoorscoaching.com or visit travelunrivaled.com slash couples dash retreat dash workshop. We look forward to you joining us May 4th through the 9th, 2020. This episode of Keep Them Coming features Jennifer White. She is a clarity coach. She calls her company Clearing for Launch Coaching. Well, we talk about what exactly a clarity coach helps with, especially overcoming decision paralysis, that fear of being stuck because you're just not moving forward, and why you should have to talk about your personal life to get clear on your business and work life as an entrepreneur. Of course, we talked about how clarity techniques can help your sex life and keep you from flying blind in the bedroom. And... As a side note, we talked a little bit about what lessons can be learned from being intentional at the holidays. Maybe you can use these next year if you felt like uh, this year's holiday season was just kind of a blur and you maybe didn't get to enjoy it as much as you would have liked. 
I hope you enjoy this episode and it helps you find some more clarity. Today I'm joined by Jennifer White. She is a clarity coach, which I don't know if you all ever thought about the idea of needing uh, a coach to help you get clarity on life, but man, I mean, to me it makes total sense. So welcome, Jennifer. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you invited me today. I'm so excited. This is my very first podcast. You are the second guest in a row that it's their first <laughs> podcast. And I've had like four or five people that's their first podcast. I'm happy that is to so initiate cool. you into the podcasting world. You are so awesome and generous bringing us all in. So well, excited. I come from a place of abundance. And I think that we are all out there in the world trying to make a difference in people's lives. And yeah, could there be times where some of the things that we do as coaches overlap? Certainly. But there's so many people out there that need help. Yes. So, and I would much rather say like, hey, you know, this particular area, maybe you need to go see this person instead of me. Like, I love referring out. So, but as a clarity coach, tell me, tell us the audience a little bit more about what you do. So um, I became a clarity coach when um, I had the realization that a lot of the challenges, the overwhelm and the decision-making issues and the anxiety that I was dealing with came from not being clear. Mm -hmm. That um, when I was willing to move into whatever it was I was struggling with and actually get clear about it, all the shackles seem to fall away, right? So mm-hmm. the story I tell most clearly about this is um, that uh, when not long after my mother died, about a year, year and a half after my mother died, I got a letter from the IRS saying that I had uh, about $6,000 I owed them because mm-hmm. I had not paid her taxes for two years. Um, and then I think we were behind on our own taxes on something like we'd missed something. It was like one of those things where mm-hmm. like letter after letter, right? Yeah. yeah. And I just couldn't face it. I literally couldn't face it and just ignored it. And, um, then I started working with a coach and my coach, and I told the coach I couldn't afford her, right? Mm-hmm. Like I was like, I have $6,000 I have to pay in taxes. I can't, I can't even begin to think about working with you. And she was like, why don't you? go talk to the IRS before you decide that you don't, that you have to pay that full Mm $6,000. She said, my experience has been, if you will go, you will, um, they will work with you. And so I went in and, um, I didn't go in actually. I waited a week, Mm -hmm. told myself I was going to do it. Didn't do it. Waited another week, told myself I was going to do it. Didn't do it. Um, Finally, at the end of three weeks, I think, after her t- saying, you just go in, just go in. I, it was like 4.30 in the afternoon, and I drove to the IRS office, and I knew they were going to be closed by the time I got there, but I was like, I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> and so I drove, I got out of my car, I walked in, sure enough, she was like, oh, honey, we, we took our last client, you know, an hour ago. Mm-hmm. They're just, there's people still, still, still here waiting. And I was like, you know what, I just needed to know where you were and that no one was going to eat me. And she's like, of course we're not going to eat you. We've got great people here. Just come back in the morning. It's going to be, it's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. And it was. So the next morning I got up because I'd actually made that first move Mm -hmm. and I knew what the office looked like. I knew how to get there. I knew that nobody was going to like look down their nose at me. She was so sweet. And the whole process, I think I ended up paying $1,500 total. Yeah. 
including mine that mm-hmm. I had missed. Mm-hmm. So by just getting clear on it, I saved myself, first of all, so much money. Mm-hmm. Um, and then heartache and heartbreak and fear. And, you know, I've known people who've gone 10 years not paying taxes because they get that first letter that they haven't paid and they freak out and they get scared and they don't want to deal with mm-hmm. it. And how many thousands and thousands of dollars is that? Yeah. And so from that place was the realization that lots and lots of people are out there completely overwhelmed by their lives, mm-hmm. um, completely overwhelmed by the decisions they need to make and they don't know where to start and they don't know what to do. And my coach held my hand and walked me through so many big, scary, hard decisions um, and so much overwhelm. And so after a couple years of working through my own stuff and working with my coach, um, I got trained as a mastermind coach first. Mm-hmm. Um, but then um, I had the opportunity to help a young woman from Spain um, decide whether she was going to stay in New York City or go home to Spain or stay in Akron, where we were at the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in an hour and a half she and I walked through all of that and she was able with the techniques I use she was able to decide and not at that moment because I was like don't decide right now you know take a day take 24 hours take a week if at all possible Mm -hmm. let it all simmer let yourself feel through it Um, but she called me the next afternoon was like okay I've got my tickets I'm going home it and the gratitude that she and she still gets in touch with me and tells me oh, how lovely. things are going and um, but that changed my life was mm-hmm. to know that I was able to take someone out of that horrible horrible spin and help them get clear mm-hmm. and once you get clear and you learn the techniques of getting clear and you learn the techniques of making decisions that feel good everything changes everything changes so there you go. There's my long spiel to your short question. I love it. No, that's a, that's a long elevator speech, but <laughs> I know you included a story, so I love it. I love it. There's another you know, story. Well, I'm, you know, clarity is something that's so vital in helping people take action. And I think it's that often that piece that a lot of people feel like is missing that like, yeah, they're, they know that they need to move forward, but they haven't had anybody kind of dissect things for them or with them and help them see. I, I used to try to help people weigh out the pros and the pros. It's not the pros and the cons. Oh, I like that. Yeah, but because there's always positives to taking action or even inaction. I love right? that. You know, it's not about the cons, it's not about the negatives. It's right. about like you will benefit in some way. You've got to figure out which benefits you more. I love it. I'm using that. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm, you know, I'm all about positivity, so. I love it. Yeah. My morning coffee meeting, she was saying today that 2020 was no negativity. I said, what you need to say is 2020 is all about positivity. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah, when we put that negative word in there, we ignore the no. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. 2020 is all about positivity. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. So what is your company called, Jennifer? I have a company called Clearing for Launch Coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, How'd you come up with that name? Actually, a friend of mine, another coach, mm-hmm. gave me that name mm-hmm. um, because that's how I described my experience of getting clear mm-hmm. um, was that I came from such a deep place 
Um, and it was very dark and, and I was so afraid all of the time and anxious and worried and afraid to take any step, not just a step, any step. Mm-hmm. Um, and paralyzed, so huh? I was, I was completely paralyzed. That's exactly. And so, um, once I started to move and I started to take a few more steps and start walking and then start running. And then I was finally to the place where I was light enough that I could actually run and fly. And that was for me, um, most people are like, Oh, you do launches. No, I don't do launches. (laughs) I launch you. I help you launch you. Yeah. Um, but you can't launch when you're weighed down. You can't fly when you're so heavy with all of the stuff and, and weary, and mm-hmm. worn out. And that's how I felt until I got clear. And I hear so, that. So that was, that was, yeah, that was a gift from a friend of mine who was like, you should call yourself clearing for launch. Oh yes, that is exactly it. That's exactly what I do. So I love that. I love that. And I like that you, I mean, I'm, I'm partial because I'm, you know, open the doors coaching, not Kristen Thomas coaching, but I like when people come up with a name for their business, you know, that really speaks to what they're trying to do. Like I'm trying to help people open new doors to new possibilities in their sex and, and romance lives. So yeah, yeah. 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 Launch is very apropos. Uh, I totally, like I said, I, I feel that because I, you know, spent a few years out of the coaching industry in renewable energy. Um, just cause I was like, just couldn't do it anymore. But then it was that moment where I had to say, like, you are just so, so fucking unhappy. You're not doing anything remotely close to what you thought you'd be doing with your life. And plus, Mm -hmm. you just keep getting pulled by other people. You know, you're not really, I wasn't really making my own decisions. I wasn't living my life. You know, I was making great money. I was traveling a lot, but two to three weeks a a month on the road is, is a lot. Oh, man. Oh, that is a lot. Yeah. I lived out of a suitcase for a long time. Yeah. So. And pulled by other people. Yes. That is, um, that's a lot of what I teach is how to hear your own voice Mm -hmm. and how to not only hear your own voice, but acknowledge it and honor it Mm -hmm. and then follow it. Um, but when we are pulled by other people's voices and we've been trained to, Mm -hmm. um, especially as women, I don't think exclusively as women, but I think we have a little more training as women to listen to other people's opinions, ask other people's opinions. Maybe you should double check, would this idea really work, right? Like I think we get a lot of um, training to ask, to for, feedback. ask for feedback, to mm-hmm. get a second opinion, to not trust our own judgment. And um, that's, that actually is one of my the favorite parts of what I do is helping people let go of the the other voices Mm -hmm. um and boy when you get that done that right there helps people start to oh yeah absolutely well because as coaches we know that our job is not to tell people what to do it's to ask really good questions and help people come to their own conclusions exactly present some options you know give them the the clarity to see the options that are available to them and empower them to make their own decisions yeah, but yeah. if they're not hearing their own voice, if they're not listening to their own gut, they, they're still not going to make a decision because yeah. they don't know. So yeah. I love that. What are some of the things that you find people come to you for coaching about? Like what, what areas of their lives are they wanting support with? The majority of my clients are um, either wanting to get out of a corporate job, mm-hmm. 
or they're done with a business they've built themselves mm -hmm. and they're done, they're weary, they're tired. Um, and so again, like you said, when you're working in corporate and everybody's telling you what you're going to do and everybody's telling you how you're gonna do it, um, it can be really hard to step out and be clear on what it is you wanna do next. Um, and so that's, I am in that space of going from the old thing and figuring out what the new thing is gonna be. And so uh, most of my clients are either um, ready to move and they have no idea what they wanna move into, they just know they want out of the old thing, or they're ready to move and they have 82 million ideas <laughs> of what they want to do uh -huh. and they have no idea which one to pick. Either way, they're frozen. Mm -hmm. um, so that's when they contact me and we do a clarity session and we get figured out on what what it is they're wanting to head toward. Um, and then step by step, we create a plan, we create the baby steps to get to the first stage, we create um, the long-term plan to get where they wanna go eventually. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the majority of my clients come to me just to move again. Mm -hmm. They're, they're frozen. That was a perfect word that you used. Frozen is exactly mm -hmm. what most of my clients feel like. Or spin is another mm -hmm. word they mm -hmm. use. They're I just, spinning in place and not yeah. making any forward motion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I hear that a lot too, that they're tired of spinning their wheels, trying to ask for the same things over and over again with their partners or, um, just stuck perpetually single things like that so yeah I that's a lot of what I do too is help people get <laughs> unstuck unfrozen love it yeah love it so I want to talk of course about human sexuality and getting clarity in some of those areas so I have clients that get stuck so maybe I need to learn some of these clarity techniques from you to help them you know get a little unstuck I think I'm pretty good but hey maybe you can teach me a thing or yeah. two so like for instance um Sometimes clients are stuck in the perpetual one partner wants to try something and the other partner absolutely just won't even hear it. Uh, or you've got partners who have mismatched libidos. One wants sex much more often or even just more often than, than the other. So how do you think that I can, or how do you think having like clarity about their wants, their needs, and the motivations on both sides, how do you think that that could help a couple through some of those kinds of situations? Well, again, I think it comes back to listening to your own voice, um, especially with sexuality, right? I think um, there's so many layers of repression on our sexual voice, right? There's so many layers of repression just on our own personal voice, mm -hmm. right? Um, people spend their whole lives not saying things they want to say that would be perfectly acceptable to say in mixed company, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But then you add on top that if the conversation is about sex and their own desire and their own um, needs sexually, if they've come from a family that didn't talk about sex or mm -hmm. came from a family that punished conversation about sex mm -hmm. or worse, a faith or a, right? There's so many layers for people. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think the first work I would do with someone that's in that situation where a partner is not listening or they're mismatched, um, is having them go through and, and now this work I do 
with a whiteboard and me, mm-hmm. and they just get to talk. Because when you put a pen in your hand and you go to write down the things you want, it's hard to say what you want in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, even even if it's, I want to make more money, right? Like, there's so many things wrapped around that. Now you say, I want to have more orgasms, mm-hmm. right? Like, wow, now it's even harder to say, I want, right? Uh-huh. And so what I have found in my work is um, that first clarity session is me doing all the writing and the client doing all the talking. Mm-hmm. Because if I were to say, here, answer these questions on paper, the second you put a pen in your hand, you start to judge. Mm-hmm. Because we've been trained from little bitty. When I have a pen in my hand, that means school. When I'm at school, I need to be judging and being careful and editing myself. and Give the right answers. Give the right answers. Mm-hmm. And so I have learned that I don't get good answers unless I do the scribing. Mm -hmm. And so, um, when I'm working on that kind of stuff, I say, what do you want? And then I do the writing and ask them to just say everything. And I ask questions like, if this was, if you had a million dollars and it was a magic million dollars and the only way that you can keep that million dollars is if you use it to get exactly what you want sexually, what would that be? And you can't lie, because if you lie, you will take away your million dollars. You lose it. Mm-hmm. You have to find the exact thing. Ooh, so I make like me that. a list of the top 10 things you want sexually, but don't lie, or you lose your million dollars. It's like, it, and it's a game, mm-hmm. but it's amazing how free people will talk when they think they're going to lose a million dollars, <laughs> right? Um, and that, so then I scribe, right? Mm-hmm. Like, just talk to me. And if you've come up with 20, great. Come up with 20 things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, for me, has been um, fun to watch my clients when they're allowed to speak mm-hmm. and, and when they're allowed to dream and when they're allowed to get crazy. So the other thing I will be, I'll say is, all right, so what is the thing you want that is absolutely insane? What is the thing that you don't want to say because you know I'm going to laugh? And here's the, here's the kicker. I'm not going to laugh. So tell me what the crazy, crazy thing is. My job is to catch crazy dreams mm-hmm. and help turn them into real things. And so that, again, gives them another angle on that. If I say it, I'm going to be laughed at. If I say it, I'm going to be shamed. If I say it, I'm going to be told it can't. It's not realistic, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and that's another rule. I don't allow the word realistic when I'm working with my clients, right? Everybody has a realistic. Mm-hmm. You know, there are people working for the circus right now <laughs> who fly across the roof of the tent uh-huh. and get caught by other people. And if you were to tell them your, if you were to talk to them, they might have a dream that they think is not realistic, right? Because they were raised in the circus and they've been (laughs) flying back and forth on trapezes their whole life. But if I say, oh, you know what? I really just want to work for the circus and be a a trapeze artist. People would be like, what? That's not realistic. But it is. But it is. There are hundreds at least of people doing that job Mm -hmm. in the world. Probably thousands, right? So realistic is another thing I don't allow. Good. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Because yeah. I'm trying to build an empire and there might be people out there who think that what I'm trying to do is not realistic and I don't care what they think. Exactly. I'm, yeah. I'm going to be famous one day, y'all. 
It's yes. Not a, and it's not about being famous and being rich. It is about I really, really, really want to help so many people. And one-on-one coaching is fantastic. I do love it. But there's only so many hours in the day. There's right. only so many people in this market or that I can work with by Skype. You know, if I could do workshops that have dozens, hundreds, whatever, thousands eventually of people or yep. write a book, things like that. Like, I want to have a, a bigger impact than what my current footprint is. And it has been one nice thing that none of the coaches that I have had, like my business coach or anything, my mentors, anything like that, none of them have said, well, that's not realistic. Thank you. Yay. That's I'm so great. glad. Yes. But I mean, that that is true. I, I will often talk about relevance, relevance of your goals. Mm. Like, is that something that's relevant to your happiness? Is that something that will, you know, because in SMART goals, mm-hmm. specific, measurable, attainable, mm-hmm. relevant, and time yes. bound. Not realistic, relevant. Is it relevant? Is this goal relevant to getting you closer to your dreams? Yes. Or towards your happiness? Yes. Yeah. I love it. Relevance over realistic. Yes. And expanding your reach. Yeah. Yeah. So, gosh, you know, I think about all the times that I have sat down with a client and, you know, sometimes they have a general idea of what it is they're wanting support with. But, yeah, once you sit down and talk to them and kind of pick things apart, like not not in a criticism or not in a critical way, but more in a let's dissect it and let's really figure out what it is you're, you're really wanting. And... Maybe I'm doing more clarity coaching than I think because I am helping them kind of figure out like, okay, so you want, you want more sex. That's a really overarching goal. Mm -hmm. If you want better sex, you want more connected sex, you want more consistent sex, you want a certain type of sex, you know, walking through all those things that they really need. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think I'm going to steal that, you know, million dollar thing. (laughs) <laughs> it's so hard. It's so hard. And yeah. and the other piece that I find is that um, regret rears its head, mm-hmm. right? Like when, when people are trying to get clear, they dance around bad, I won't say bad choices, they're da- they'll dance around previous choices that have led them to this place. Mm-hmm. And when you cannot take a step back and look at, okay, this is the choice I made. This is the partner I chose. This is the, um, these are the rules I agreed to live by when we began our relationship. Um, that gets really hard because now if I admit that maybe I saw signs of this before we even started, Mm -hmm. you know, before we moved in together, before we got married, Mm -hmm. um, if I, knew that I was settling Mm -hmm. when I made this commitment to this person. Um, If I knew that um, they really weren't going to meet my needs, but I felt like this was my last chance or whatever, right? Everybody Mm -hmm. has their reasons for the decisions they make. Um, But then to be in a place five or 10 or 20 years later where you're looking back and going, I really am unhappy Mm-hmm. You can't go back and fix that decision. Nope. And so facing it is really hard, right? Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's it's one thing to face a decision that you know you can fix. Yeah. But to face a decision that is years past fixable, and now you're trying to just change what's happening now, mm-hmm. That's that's scarier. That's harder, and especially in a relationship. Oh yeah, right? absolutely. Well, with, it's like you talked about earlier with being frozen in that 
just immobile in that decision-making process that you just couldn't even face it. You just kind of like, oh, let me just turn a blind eye to it. If I just kind of look the other way, it'll either go away or just I just don't have to deal with it right now. Right. And I have seen so many people that have spent years and years of not dealing with their sex life, not even talking about their sex life with their partner. And then they wonder why 10 years later, they either don't have sex or they have awful sex. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. So yeah, it is a challenge to help people like that, but it's not impossible. Good. It's not impossible. I mean, yes, I have definitely coached people through divorces and separations, um, but I've also coached people through, you know, go talk to this therapist as well. You know, work with me at the same time. Like, let's go through these different things about either... You know, especially with women, sometimes it's helping them reclaim their own sexuality for themselves. Because if they don't have a claim on it for them, you can't give it away to somebody else, is my opinion. Mm, that is so true. You that have to so know true. yourself. You have to be in tune with your sexuality before you can share your sex life and your sexuality with someone else. And so many people don't think of their sex life as being like about them. They think of their sex life as being what it is in a partnered situation. Right. It's all of it. Right. Whether you are single, you are partnered, your sex life is about you. So that could be solo sex, that could be partnered sex, that could be group sex, whatever you want. But so many people don't think of it that way. Oh, I love that. I Helping love that. people get back in tune, especially women with their with their bodies through things like masturbation or just rediscovering their bodies through sensual touch. Um, I do this mirror. I recommend a mirror exercise for clients where, yeah, they're just going through a process of kind of rediscovering themselves in a mirror. And gosh, the the difference that it can make. I I'm not saying that I have fixed some marriages out there that were on the brink of divorce. I'm not going to claim that. But what I am going to say is I've seen so many women when they get clear on what they want for themselves and what their body responds to and how they can give it pleasure on their own, mm -hmm. then they can go share with their partner about like, here's what I need, here's what I like, here's what I enjoy, and then allow that person in to their sex life. Yes, yes. I am doing clarity work, damn it. Yes, well, because again, now I think generations are different. I think mm -hmm. um, your generation is far more open and um, better educated than mine. And certainly my generation is far more open and educated than my mm -hmm. mother's, right? Mm -hmm. But I think even, you know, generation isn't necessarily it as much as how you were raised or, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So there are young people now that are being told that the only thing that matters in sex is your partner's pleasure. Boo. Terrible advice. <laughs> Terrible right? advice. Right? And when you go into sex, like not just a sexual relationship, but when you go into sex in that mind frame that the only thing important is your partner's pleasure, you are blind. Mm -hmm. You're blind. And, and, and when that is the basis of your sexual relationship with your partner and you continue to live that way and you continue to live that way and you continue to be frustrated, it just gets more and more muddy and more and more frustrating. And again, then you get to a place where you're frozen and you don't want to do it at all. Mm -hmm. And I think it's awesome that you are allowing people to learn the language of their own bodies and to hear their own bodies 
desires and mm-hmm. wants. And to me, that's the whole point of clarity. If, if I work with a client and they come to me saying, oh, I want to start a business and this is the business I want to start. And we've worked together, you know, we worked together for a year. And by the end of it, they're like, oh, no, that was, no, that is not it at all. I have still done my job. Absolutely. I have still done my job. Um, and in fact, most of the time when I have a client that does that, they're like, all right, now I know. And off we go, right? Like then they can move really fast. And I have had clients that have been trying to start a business for five years, right? Like, well, I did this and then I did this and I tried that and that didn't work. And I had a partner and that didn't work out, right? Like all mm-hmm. the stuff and all the stories. And it is fascinating when you get to the end of the clarity work and you're like, oh, I didn't even want to do that business. That's why it's not worked for five years. It wasn't even really what I wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. But when you're not clear with yourself and you can't speak the language, you don't have those conversations, you're just going to continue to spin toward a goal that isn't even the real goal. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, is what you do for people who were raised to be that sex is about the other person, Mm -hmm. right? Like you're spinning your wheels toward making the other person happy but if that's all you're doing, you're not paying attention to your own experience. And your you're own blind. happiness. You're mm-hmm. flying blind. And you're both going to be frustrated, oh, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's, absolutely. So, yeah. Yes, you are a clarity coach. Mm. Yes. Yay, okay. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sure that's something that you often talk to people about, because you were just mentioning about kind of helping people figure out the the real purpose. It's kind of about the why, mm-hmm. right? Figuring out people's why. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's exactly. Once you know your why, once you know your purpose. Isn't there a book um, like Know Your Why? Mm-hmm. Who wrote that again? Yeah, sorry. I know. I actually tried to pick it up at the library a couple weeks ago and it was checked out. So, um, But people keep telling me I need to read that book. So I need to, yeah. I I feel like I'm pretty good at knowing my why. Um, but there's a lot of people out there that don't know right. their why for a lot of things, whether right. it's why do they want to start a business? Why are they in business? Why are they in this job? Why are they in this relationship? Mm. You yeah. know, that right there, why are they in this relationship? I see that so much. I see that so much. And and you know this because we've talked before, but um, coaching, clarity coaching, I tell clients when they come to me that if all you want to do is talk about your business, you're not going to make progress. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because everything, it's everything is contributing. Oh, yeah. If you want to own your own business, um, if you want to get clear on your work life, there's something going on in your relationship or there's something going on from your childhood or there's something going on. All of the pieces, you have to get clear on all the pieces mm-hmm. because if you don't, one of there is most likely something that's dragging you down. And so what you're saying about the why in a relationship, oh my gosh, if, if people are not clear, and so many times they are not clear oh no. when they're going into a relationship, you know? And if you're going into a relationship thinking that you're in love, but it's really because you don't want to be alone, mm-hmm. you're, you're not going to, like you're doomed from the start. I feel that because I think my second marriage was basically I was feeling alone. I didn't want to be alone anymore. And I was looking for a husband and I try to make him fit in that. But that's also, okay, so my, my birthday is tomorrow. 
happy birthday. Thank you. Uh, but I was texting someone this morning and they were just asking how I was feeling about it. I was like, real talk, I'm actually not really looking forward to my birthday because it's a reminder that uh, it's another year, four years in a row now that I'm basically spending my birthday by myself. You know, if I want to surround myself with people, I can, but like I'm alone. There's not someone who's going to send me flowers or cook me dinner or, you know, besides my parents, maybe give me a birthday card. Because who gives cards these days if you're right. not like in a relationship, I guess. Right. Um, my, my friends occasionally give me cards. But yeah, I, um, but that, that, that person is also a, a coach. And he was just saying like, it's, I'm sure you know this, but you know it's so much better to wait for somebody that really is your true match and not just settle. I was like, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. I will never, ever, 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 ever <laughs> settle again. <laughs> You know, and that is why I'm single because I have been waiting for that person that's actually going to match me in caliber and kindness and intelligence and drive and all the things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I am an empress and I am waiting for my emperor to arrive. Yes. But, you know, it took me a long time to admit that to myself that I was just in that relationship because I was lonely and that I was trying to make him fit into all the things that I wanted. I thought at the time with the, you know, the husband and the kids and the, the farm and the, you know, whatever else. Mm. And it, he wasn't it. He wasn't it. So I haven't found that person. That is okay. Because I, my why for wanting to be with somebody is so much bigger and grander than anything I had ever given myself permission to dream of before. And especially with all the big goals that I have, I've got to have someone else that's got big goals for themselves and will love and support me. And I don't mean financially, but I mean literally right. be like, I need a cheerleader who's right. going to be like, go fucking kick ass. Right. And <laughs> believes in those goals mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. isn't afraid of them. Right. That's the thing too is, I mean, do you ever see that sometimes when you're helping clients mm. that as the client gains clarity that that's uh, they get pushed back or because there's some intimidation and things from the other partner yeah very much very much can you give me like an anonymous story of maybe a time that you help someone gain so much clarity that it just everything went just changed their lives um so far i've been blessed in that i haven't seen anybody um oh well no that's not true Um, I did have, I have had one client who, um, got clear and walked out of a relationship. It wasn't a marriage, Mm -hmm. but it was a long-term relationship. And, um, and it was actually over that very thing. Mm -hmm. Um, it had been years of, are you sure? Is that realistic? Mm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, I think maybe it'd be better, right? Like just all that kind of stuff that sounds like I'm just trying to protect you. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yes, I did have a client who pretty quickly after we started coaching was like, oh my gosh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck because I keep listening to this other person's lowering language. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was actually the way she put it was lowering language wants to Mm -hmm. keep me down Mm -hmm. where I won't get too high, get too successful, get too whatever. Um, so yes, that was one client, um, that, and then it was, it was, that was actually very fun. Cause then, uh, a year later, um, she was in a relationship that was much more, um, light mm-hmm. and encouraging and, 
they traveled together and it was um that was really neat to see that happen um oh i love that yeah it was very cool and then um and recently i've had a client um that it's it's the old relationships it's the the mom relationships and mm-hmm. uh, relationship um and siblings and um just negative habits and that's a lot harder right mm-hmm. like um when you get clear on what you want and you speak that out to friends and the friends who go what that's not realistic you can just put a check mark next to them and be like all right call you back in 3 years mm-hmm. but you don't get to do that with mom yeah right yeah and so no you don't that that so then with those clients i teach habits of um so one of the new things i've been using that is really successful um i've had actually it's been so good that like i've just given it to all of my clients in the last several um but the the negative language equals i love you and that has been really helpful for um it, well, and the reason I came up with that was because we were coming up to Thanksgiving and Christmas. Mm-hmm. And these were new clients who were just starting to get their baby clear, clarity, right? Like they're just starting to go, oh, yes, it can be done. I can do these things. I can let go of the old stuff and move into the new stuff. And they were so excited and they're like, but if I go home and I talk about this, everybody at Thanksgiving is going to be like, what? That's not realistic. What? Mm-hmm. Um, and the one, the one client I'm thinking of in particular knew that mom was going to be like, I just don't want you to, to be investing your money and losing it all. I just don't want you to be disappointed. And I said, okay, so when you go home, when you go to that dinner, when you go to that gathering, first of all, just don't talk about this stuff to anybody in the family that you don't 100% know is going to be a cheerleader. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely don't mm-hmm. have that conversation. Um, and even with those 100% supporters, do not have that conversation within earshot of mm-hmm. anybody who might yeah. rain on that parade. <laughs> you don't, you're not at that place right now, right? Yeah. When you come back and you've got your million dollar business, all right, now you can talk all you want. Go for it. But until you're to the place where you are fully confident in what you're doing, don't talk to the people that you know are going to bring you down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if, right, like there are some questions you just can't avoid, right? Like mom knows you're quitting your job and you're going to be starting this new business. Um, when mom starts in on the, well, I'm just worried about you. I just hate to see you, right, blah, blah, blah. Just turn that in your head. Oh, I'm just worried about you equals I love you and I want you to be safe. Every time, because mm-hmm. what we hear with our hearts is, I don't believe in you yeah. and I don't think you can do this. Mm-hmm. And that may be also what she means, right? Like, I can't judge that. I don't know these parents. I don't know these spouses. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter what she means. It matters what you think she means. And mm-hmm. if you can make the decision that I just don't want you to lose all your money equals I love you so much, and that's all it means, mm-hmm. now you can let go of that judgment piece from mom because you're the one deciding that mom is judging you. Yeah. And she I might love be. that. But it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. right? Like what you feel about it 
is what matters. And if mom calling you and saying, did you spend that money because I'm really worried? And you go off for 45 minutes in your head, angry because she doesn't believe in you and blah, 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 blah. You've lost 45 minutes of work that could have been done Mm -hmm. on what it is you're trying to build. So just instead, sit on the phone with mom and go, I know, mom, I know you love me. I know, mom. I know. Thank Mm -hmm. you so much for caring so much about me. And just hear it through that filter so that when you get off the phone, you can be like, my mom really loves me. I'm going to go kill it. Yeah. I love that. That is such a good shift in perspective for people. I'm so glad that you help people with that. Thank you. And you know, that's really what a lot of times people just need is because we are often ascribing intent, especially negative intent, Mm -hmm. malice to people's words, thinking that the thing that they say, again, is coming from a place of they don't trust me. They don't believe in me. Mm -hmm. They don't really love me. All those things. Right. And that is something I talk to people a lot about is learning to listen to what people are actually saying and removing a negative intent. Because if you can put that spin on like this person loves me and they care for me and that's why they're saying these things or they're carrying baggage of their own from their experiences and what they've been through or what they've seen other people lose or not do in life. Exactly. And, And yeah, it is, I think, most of the time coming from that place of absolute love and caring. They just don't know how to communicate it effectively. Exactly. Well, and my mother was raised to worry. Mm -hmm. In my family, worrying is a job. (laughs) It is considered rude not to worry in our family, right? Like, you're weird. Why are you not worried about this? (laughs) Um, Because worrying is actually useless. It doesn't doesn't accomplish anything. Yeah. I have a friend that gets super worried about the weather and like driving on the roads. And I'm like, well, what is that? I mean, I still got to get home. Like, just yeah, just don't worry. Don't worry. Right? Worrying actually accomplishes nothing. And literally that is my logo. It's three little birds, Bob Marley. Don't worry about a thing because every little thing's going to be all right. And if it isn't, it isn't the end. Now exactly. I just transferred, transferred us into <laughs> the, oh, I lost the movie. It all, it's all going to be okay, and if it isn't okay, it isn't the, it'll be okay in the end. And if it isn't okay, that means it isn't the end. I don't know what movie that is, but I know what you're talking about. It's in about. India. It's set in India. Eat, Pray, Love? No. No? Marigold, Marigold Hotel. Marigold Hotel. Yep. Yeah, okay. Yep. yep. I love that. I love what the, the, when he said that line. I was like, oh my gosh, that is now my life. I'm I going really to love use, that movie. Right? I, do. I, I really, love that movie. I love old British folks. I do too. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so that was that was a really nice um, revelation this year during the holiday season was um, to help people do that. I do a lot of flipping it in your head. Mm-hmm. I wish you and I had had that conversation before I went into my family shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, Christmas was not fun this year. So. Oh, man. And, then, of course, people were asking, like, well, what it – People made assumptions of like, is it that they're judging you for your business and what you do? And I'm like, no, honestly, none of them give two shits about what I do. They really don't. They are fine with me being a sex coach. That's awesome. It's like everything else in my life that they judge me for. (laughs) Yeah. So, no, my uncle gave me some shit about being uh, twice divorced and not being able to keep a job. I was like, I have a very successful business. I thank you very much. I know we don't talk about that, but... You don't speak to me, so that's on you for not knowing what I'm up to. Yeah. And 
I've next leveled. I don't need a job anymore. I know, exactly. Yeah. I have a business. I don't have a job. Yeah. I get to decide who I work with and who I don't. I get to decide whether I travel and whether I don't. Mm -hmm. That is why I'm here. Yes. I was not put on this planet to sit at a desk job. That's for sure. Well, and I think that's, um, right, what, what we choose bringing it back to sexuality, right? Like we get to choose, even when we don't think we get to choose, we get to choose. Mm -hmm. And by choosing to believe that your partner loves you and is doing their best and is trying to communicate love through their actions, that lightens everything up, right? Like when you said, Mm -hmm. you know, if, if you're ascribing negative to your your partner's actions if you're ascribing distrust or disbelief to your partner's actions well of course that's not going to give you a sexual result because who wants to have sex with someone that you don't trust and that doesn't trust you exactly but so it is interesting how right like communication clarity in communication for me is key Mm -hmm. knowing and, and I'm a clarity coach and I still, like my husband and I aren't clear a lot of the time, right? Like I'm getting so much better when I like consciously use my, my coaching tools on myself. Uh-huh. What a concept um, of, all right, stop, think this through. Does my spouse really, you know, did he really intentionally say that to hurt my feelings? No. So... What are you hearing and why are you hearing it, first of all? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like looking back at my day, looking back at what I've been thinking about, looking back at what I, you know, what am I disappointed about from my day or my week? Mm-hmm. Or sometimes, what did I just come off of that was a high? Mm-hmm. Um, that piece of, I just had a great like I had a great December. My December rocked. Yay! It was awesome. Same here, yeah. And I found myself picking fights over Christmas break, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Like I must, if I'm going to be that successful in my business, I maybe need to screw up my family life <laughs> to balance it out, uh-huh. right? And so there were several moments over, and then, and then there's also Christmas break. My husband's a teacher. I take Christmas break completely off. So our kids, we were like all together for mm-hmm. two and a half weeks. That's a lot. Right? It's a lot. And so, but there were times when I just had to be like, all right, wait. What you heard, I'm pretty sure is not what he said. So let's calm this down and let's go back. And now I'm to the place where I actually, some, not always, I will admit, not always, but I'm to the place where I'll go back and be like, all right, when you said this, this is what I heard. And I, I, I'm sure that's not what you meant. Mm -hmm. So, and now we are still at the place, right? Where I'll say, this is what I heard. And he's like, no, that's not what I said at all. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. (laughs) I'm coming to tell you that I don't think, right? Like I can start a fight by trying not to start a fight. So, so that was what, um, I learned a lot over Christmas break, right? Like I had a really successful December. Mm -hmm. So I had some communication, communication issues over Chris, over December break and, and the first part of January. Mm -hmm. Um, I think 
Brene Brown's line of the story I'm telling myself is. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Because then it, at least instead of what I heard you say, it's the, the story I've created over this situation. I need to talk to you about it and help me write the correct story. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. I've heard that used, but in a different way. I like that much better. Mm-hmm. I love that. I've heard the story I'm telling myself phrase, mm-hmm. but I love the help me rewrite the story. I love mm-hmm. that. That's yeah, awesome. Because that's key. And, you know, you're talking about how you were giving so much energy throughout December to your clients that I don't think a lot of people understand that when you are like helping people with their lives and you are helping facilitate change. It, it literally takes energy from mm-hmm. us. It takes mm-hmm. a lot from us. So then sometimes we've depleted ourselves so much by giving to other people. We have very little left for ourselves or for the people that we love around us, whether it's friends or family, parents, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that we've got to take care of ourselves and recharge, whether that's, a hot bath or some quiet time or, <laughs> you know, someone that can make dinner for us, all right. those things. We've got to find that, you know, hun, when I get home and I've had a day where I've coached like five people, here's what I need. Yeah. Because the experience that we've had is that I tend to get a little short or I just don't have much energy left to come home and deal with the kids and the house and the bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so what I need from you in those times is this. But yeah, it's so many of us, I think, um, kind of deplete ourselves and forget to recharge ourselves. Again, because we're out there giving to everybody else, then we just right. don't have anything left for ourselves, let alone anybody and so else. that is another piece of clarity, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you are depleting yourself, you can't blame your partner Mm-mm. because you are tired and cranky. Right. That's not fair. It is not. No. And I know my husband depletes himself every single day. He is in an extremely high stress job. Mm -hmm. And so when we both come home depleted, we just need to be clear about that, right? Mm -hmm. Like any day he comes home from his job, he is depleted. That's just a given. Mm -hmm. Um, And then at the end of a week where he's had extra duty, then now we're looking at, right, he needs to just come home and sit for the whole evening. Mm -hmm. Um, But then when we've both been to that place, for that day or heaven forbid that week, then that's when we need to give each other grace and, mm-hmm. and make plans. And we're working on that right now, but um, that's been something that we haven't been as careful about, right? Like we need to have a plan in place for who cooks on what night, mm-hmm. what is being cooked, are we, and, and he is very careful about that, right? Like I'll say, oh, let's do this. And he's like, no, that's too much work. We are not eating that <laughs> on a weeknight, right? It's time for a quick break. I promise it'll just be a minute, so stay tuned. I'll be right back after a few words that help me get paid. Um, and so, and I will say kudos actually to us both though, Um, This was a really lovely Christmas um, because we just said, you know what? This is not worth stressing over. Mm -hmm. And so we did our family Christmas on Christmas Day. um, But because I was literally doing coaching work right up through. I had a coaching session. I think I had a coaching session on Christmas Eve. I did too. Um, I had three that week. 
Right before Christmas. Yeah. I know I did the day before and um, possibly two. And then I think I had one on Christmas Eve. Um, And so, no, because we cooked on Christmas Eve. So it was the day before Christmas Eve, which is usually our shopping day, right? Mm -hmm. And so I said, I really want to get this session done uh, because I think this client needs to just jump off and get started. And my husband was really gracious about it. So he did all the shopping on the 23rd. We all cooked on the 24th cook together as a family. And because of that, because I was so busy and running and he was so busy and running, we just as a family made the decision that we weren't going to do Christmas until um, New Year's Eve. Mm -hmm. And so we did Christmas on New Year's Eve this year. Um, But it gave us time to wrap. It gave us time to do a little extra shopping that we wouldn't have had time to do. Mm -hmm. Um, It gave me some ideas about next year. All right, we're going to start everything earlier mm-hmm. um but that that clarity of being this is going to be too much if we try to do christmas on christmas day mm-hmm. this is just going to be too much and we're going to be angry at each other and we're going to be frustrated and somebody's going to be disappointed because i'm pretty sure we would have had two or three gifts that hadn't even made it to the house oh, yet uh-huh. Uh-huh. um and so we sat down as a family and talked it through and the youngest of course gets a lot of the weight in that conversation. Uh Um, But as a family, we got clarity, right? What do we want to experience? What do we want to feel? What do we want to feel when we're done? Mm -hmm. And what, like, so I was much more um, intentional this year Mm -hmm. about Christmas, right? What do we as a family want to experience as we get ready for Christmas day? Mm -hmm. What do we as a family want to experience while we shop? What do we want to experience on the actual day of Christmas? And I had never broken it down that way before. Yeah, that's such a good way to think about it. Right? It's always been Christmas Day. Boom. Right? We'll do all the stuff and then Christmas Day. Well, Mm -hmm. no. It's why not have fun in the process? So this was the first year I've always wanted to go. And this is going to sound really stupid to the people who are listening from Kansas City. I've always wanted to go to Oak Park Mall. And just have a mall day. Uh-huh. My kids have never done a mall day. Uh-huh. We're not mall people. Yeah. I grew up as a mall kid. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it was special because I lived in the country. So when we uh, went to the mall, mm-hmm. we literally did a mall day. And it was like an experience. It yeah. was an experience. I grew up in a small town too. And it was a 45 minute drive. It was like a whole thing. Exactly. Yeah. And so, and my husband was not a mall kid. Mm-hmm. He His friends were and would drag him along. Uh-huh. But it was not anything like he was not, oh, we should go to the mall. That was not his thing. Yeah. Um, but then we, then we off again, came back and ate at the food court for supper. Um, and it was, and instead of saying, which in the past I would have done, all right, we only get this one day at the mall. You need to get everything. If you think you're going to need it at the mall, get it now. Because we'd already talked about it. We are like, you know what? If, if you see something and you're not sure about it, you can go ahead and buy it and we'll return it or leave it and we'll come back. We'll try and get back here and get it. Mm-hmm. And so it was so much less pressure, right? It was just a nice, fun day. And then we went to, we didn't tell the kids where we were going. We just took them to Shields. Oh, And uh-huh. they had never been to Shields. So we ended the day. Um, the 11-year-old was absolutely. It's a big sporting goods Yeah, place, have, right? you, have you not been there? I haven't. I've heard it, it's huge. It's huge. And they have a, a, car- a, a Ferris wheel. What? In the store. <laughs> okay. And so when you walk in the front doors, there's a huge fish tank. Uh-huh. But it's built like pillars. 
And so it's like you walk through these fish tank pillars to get into the building <laughs> and beautiful fish, absolutely gorgeous. And so that was the first thing. That's what my 11 year old thought we were going for. We walked in the door and he was like, oh, fish tank. Thank you, mom. Look, these are beautiful. And then he walked up to see the fish and went, whoa, <laughs> are we riding that? <laughs> so that was, so that was just and again, didn't need to be there. We weren't like running through the store to grab things before the, the Christmas, right? Like it was just lovely. Mm-hmm. And so being intentional and clear about we, what we wanted to experience, mm-hmm. not only for Christmas, but in the preparation for Christmas. Mm-hmm. So we had this lovely family day, got a little bit of shopping done, got to have a surprise. But because we were intentional, Christmas was a completely different thing this year. It was really... Uh, no, I won't say it was completely different. There are a couple of mom moments, right? Like, <laughs> I just don't have it all done. <laughs> but I think that comes back around, mm-hmm. right? Like, what do you want to experience? What do you want to feel? Not just while you're having sex. What do you want to feel in the day before mm-hmm. you have sex what do you and want the day to after. feel and mm-hmm. right what do you want what do you want to feel in the week like if you're a once a week mm-hmm. heaven forbid if you're a once a week <laughs> sex person right like what do you want to to experience with your partner reminding each other that you've got a date on Saturday mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. what is it that you're going to do what is it you'd like mm-hmm. you know um i grew up I had some friends that were basically cousins. Um, they were just friends, but they um, we were very, very close. And um, we went to her my her grandmother's um, at one time. And they were, I don't know, in their 70s at least at that point. And her grandmother was cooking, and her grandfather walked in from the backyard. Um, I think maybe he they were barbecuing, and he came in from the backyard, and as he came through the kitchen, he patted her butt. And she like did this, honey. And, <laughs> and so he went back mm-hmm. and patted it again. <laughs> and, and said something about like, sweetheart, my sweetheart, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I remember at the age of whatever that was, 11, being like, that's what I want. Mm-hmm. I want that mm-hmm. when I'm 70, whatever that my husband walks in the room and pats my butt. Yeah, I think that there's so little talk before people really commit to a partnership about those kinds of things, Mm -hmm. about the longevity of what it is that they want and they expect in a relationship. And I'm not saying that too many people make it about the marriage or about the like getting married part, the wedding part, because I hear that a lot. Like, oh, some people are just more... Uh, focus on the wedding part, the mm-hmm. party part, than they are the actual marriage. And I don't think it's that. I mean, these people are getting married. They've definitely thought about marriage. Right. But I don't know that they've often communicated about what they want in that marriage. Yes, you need to talk about things like, do you want kids? Where do you want to live? Kind of some overarching goals. But I don't think people get enough into talking about how they want to feel during their marriage. You know, do you want to, like, do you need to hear I love you every day? Do you want to hold hands when we walk through the store? Like, my parents have been together for 40 years, and I've said on this podcast before, they're disgustingly in love. Because they do the things like he'll walk by and pat her on the butt. They hug hello. They hug goodbye. They kiss hello and goodbye all the time. Like, they are in love. 
And a big part of it is because I have seen them throughout my entire life always touching in some way, shape, or form. Holding hands in the store, rubbing each other's feet on the couch, things like that. I don't know that my parents set that expectation before they got married. (laughs) But again, what I do see is way too many people who are moving about their partnerships being so unhappy and so unfulfilled and so unsatisfied, yet so unwilling to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Because it's almost like, well, I signed up for this. I should have known what I was going to get. Because they have the, exactly, because they have the hindsight now to go, well, he's, or she's been like this all along. I should have known. When really it's just that you lacked the ability in the moment to have a conversation to get clarity on what you wanted in the long run. They were fulfilling what you needed then. Probably not in every way if you're being realistic. Right. But I think part of what romanticism teaches us is that we have to sacrifice so much in order to be happy with someone else. Mm -hmm. And yet sometimes love is going to require sacrifice, but it doesn't, I think, require that after 10 years you're going to have a sexless marriage because one of you has unresolved issues or trauma. Uh, It doesn't mean that after 10 years you're just moving about living your own lives because you can't come together in a solid union and have shared goals. So, so I wish it, I could get people right when they're getting married, do that right? premarital coaching, but you know, I'm getting the people before they're headed to, or after they've done the therapy. What could you do? Maybe you should be giving, um, seeing if you can find people who will give this as a wedding gift. Mm, hmm. But, just like when I used to work at a weight loss company, it is challenging to walk up to somebody and be like, so you need to go here. Here's our card. <laughs> Let me just find this card across the table for you. Weight yeah. loss weight loss is a whole different Never thing. Never give someone a gift certificate right? to Ginny yeah. Craig or Weight Watchers as a Christmas right. gift. That's a- <laughs> Trust me, I had I actually got some clients started who's like, oh my God, one lady, her, aunt, her mother-in-law bought her a gift certificate to Ginny Craig after the baby yes yes and she she's like i'm only here because she bought me this and i'm 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 gonna fucking spend her money if (laughs) but you know what i turned her around and she you know but again that's a terrible gift don't ever give that gift (laughs) well i actually have given that gift but i gave it with under right like if you've had conversations about it and someone says like yeah i really would appreciate that gift that would be very helpful that's a different conversation. Yeah. Then, like, yeah. you need to go lose some weight, or you need right. to go talk to the sex different, couch. Yeah. But it would be interesting, like couples you've worked with mm-hmm. that are appreciative. You know, that would be interesting, or to create a. I mean, the Catholic Church does it, mm-hmm. right? A, a premarital engagement. I've thought about doing that. Yeah, doing again as part of my as I grow my empire and do online courses having. Yeah. Having people, maybe, it, hey, if you've got some ideas, listeners, of some online courses that you think that I should teach, Ooh, I love you can it. email me at kristen at openthedoorscoaching.com. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, that, and that's more approachable, right? Mm-hmm. Like if a, if a young couple, if someone says, here, I'm going to buy you this 35 or $150 course that you can do together as a webinar rather than mm-hmm. I'm going to go in and do sex coaching Right? Yep. Like okay. that might be a little more approachable. Thanks for that idea, Jennifer. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. I actually did, I think, finally come up with my million dollar idea. 
I'll tell you off air. I was going to say. <laughs> I don't want anybody to steal it because yeah, it, don't I think a really good fucking idea. So but you'll I have think, to help me gain clarity on how to move through that process. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I think that, right, like you and I are actually in a very similar place mm-hmm. because um, I work with people who are in a job they don't want, mm-hmm. went to college, got the degree, they're in a job they don't want, and now they're deciding to move into something else. Mm-hmm. Um, or they went to college, got the degree, chickened out. Mm-hmm. And settled and are, for something and else. And settled. Mm-hmm. And now they figured out they're miserable, and now they're trying to figure out to either how to go back to what they wanted to do or find a completely new thing, right? Mm-hmm. So um, that that idea of getting to them before they make the decision, mm-hmm. right? Getting to them when they're coming out. For me, it's getting to people when they're coming out of college and they're on that precipice of, do I actually do the thing I trained for and all the hardships that that's going to involve? Or do I just go get a management job at Target, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or do I actually... And I've had clients who've said, I knew when I got out of college, I didn't want to do the thing I trained for. I knew mm-hmm. I was going to be miserable, but it was what I trained for and everybody expected me to do it. And so mm-hmm. I did it. Mm-hmm. And so if I could catch those kids before they go, ah, I guess I'll take the corporate job. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. I could catch them and be like, no, take that training and move into what it is you're really passionate about. Let's figure out what you're passionate about. And it's the same thing with partners, Right. If you are on the precipice of a marriage, a wedding, Mm -hmm. and you're like, I don't think this is really the one, come talk to me. Come talk to Kristen, please. Please. For real. (laughs) Let's don't Because at the end of the day, you're you got three choices. Take no action whatsoever and remain oblivious or miserable or unsure. Get your clarity. And realize this is not the person for you or get your clarity and go like, yeah, okay. Like I had doubts, but this is my person. Yes. Like either, no matter what your option is, like there's choices and you are empowered to make your own choice. And some of those choices are going to make you happier than others. And it's always better to be clear mm-hmm. and to know, right? If when you're wandering around avoiding thoughts, it takes so much energy when you're wandering around avoiding the thing that you know is making you unhappy, but you can't face it, mm-hmm. oh, it's so much work. It is so much work. It's paralyzing, but also work. It's so weird. Like you just, you feel like you just can't do anything, but and but then you're doing everything else to keep yourself busy to avoid it too. Right. right. Yeah. And I think you're exactly right. It's paralyzing because it is so much work. You're pushing stuff down that you don't want to think about, that you don't want to acknowledge and you're pushing and pushing and that takes so much energy Mm -hmm. that you accomplish nothing else and then eventually that pressure builds and it's gonna yeah it's gonna make a mess anyway oh yeah (laughs) just is it gonna be a small mess or a very big fucking mess yeah that not only destroys you but could destroy other people yeah process so or just do a planned right like a planned opening of the vault right like the vault is starting to bulge let's Mm -hmm. just let's get a team and let's open the vault i think a regular state of the relationship is a good conversation you know have a state of the relationship conversation especially after the first of the year where you can talk Mm -hmm. about um, i actually talked about this on better casey this week when i was on that you can talk about the state of your relationship without it becoming a fight it mm-hmm. can be just that, like, 
it's kind of like going to your financial advisor and seeing where your finances are, that it just needs to be part of your mm-hmm. routine is here's what I loved about this last year. I so enjoyed these aspects. Thank you so much. And you know, here's some things that I we feel like we kind of missed out on. We didn't get to take that vacation that we had talked about because we didn't really do much to plan it or pick a place. I would really love it if we did that. You know, we didn't get to spend a lot of one-on-one time together this year now that the kid is here. I'd really like to focus this year on finding a good quality babysitter or whatever and having more one-on-one time. I love that idea. Yeah. yeah. And you really have to be vulnerable and talk about those things that really, it can't be that surface level stuff of like, you know, I really, I, I would love it if you'd help me out with the dishes more. It needs to be more about like, I'm feeling overwhelmed and I could really use your help on some things. Can we find some ways to rebalance the household work or make some adjustments so that I'm not feeling quite so overwhelmed? And it's amazing what good sex you have when you don't feel overwhelmed and when you feel like Mm -hmm. your spouse is balancing with you. Appreciation is an amazing aphrodisiac. Are you familiar with Natasha Rhea Elskari? She's a local author and poet and artist, and I had her on my show a couple weeks ago. And the book that she wrote called The Mama Sutra is about <laughs> love and lovemaking, and it's a book to, to boys. It's a book from her to her son, talking about some of the ins and outs. And I think that one of the chapters was called The Best Four Plays a Clean Kitchen. Because gentlemen, <laughs> uh, and even people in same-sex relationships, people, you need to know that if there is one partner who is consistently taking care of household duties. The thing that you can do to change their lives and make their libidos pop all of a sudden is for them to come home to a sparkling clean home. Mm-hmm. That they didn't have to ask you for any of the work. You just did it. Trust me. Trust me. Clean that fucking <laughs> kitchen and you will get laid. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, because it, exactly it, right. it is not just about a clean kitchen. Yeah. It is about so much more than yeah. that. It's about respect. It's about understanding. It's about that other person seeing like, oh, wow, thank God. They see, you know, I do this all the time, and now they're taking care of it. Like, mm-hmm. thank you. And it could be anything. It doesn't have to be about the kitchen. Maybe their thing is about uh, vacuuming or dusting or right. picking up the kids' room or cleaning your picking car. Picking up the kids. Picking up the kids, yes. Right. Yes. And – so in what you said mm-hmm. about state of the, the marriage mm-hmm. and being afraid that it's going to turn into a fight, mm-hmm. again, if you were afraid it's going to turn into a fight, bring in a professional mm-hmm. and get this conversation done. Yeah. Or if you do try to approach it from a calm place and it does become a fight because your communication mm-hmm. has just disintegrated to the point where that's the only way that you're communicating is through arguments and fights and yeah you need to come talk to one of us for sure or both of us yeah because if that if you're to that place you're you're once again you're in muck you're Mm -hmm. you're surrounded by muck and if the only communication you have with your partner is is argument or anger then you again have three choices that you laid out earlier, mm-hmm. right? We can either Do get nothing. in this. Yep. Make change or leave. Yeah. And and whatever you choose, if the only thing happening between you and your partner is anger and and fighting, 
then you got to do something, right? Like there's there's nothing here. There's nothing to do except make a change yeah. at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if sex is what you're, right? Like if you want to yeah. have good sex and all you're doing with your spouse or your partner is fighting, there's not, that, sorry, not going to happen. Yeah. This is, there's, unless you are only having makeup sex, in which case that's not fun. Don't yeah, do no. that. That's a, a, an odd power energy exchange too. It, if it's right? constantly just, yeah, that it has its time and its place. But yeah, it can't be the only time you're having sex. Right, right. And so, again, it's hard to look at because you're afraid it's going to explode and you're not going to be able to control it and you're not going to be able to clean up the mess afterward. But you will. Mm-hmm. If if you were to the place in your relationship that the only communication is through anger, then it's time mm-hmm. to to talk to a professional and have someone walk you through what you want from this relationship and how to communicate with each other. Um, yeah. I just recommended to a client actually, um, a nonviolent communication and it was so fun because, um, literally a week later that client called me back and was like, thank you so much for that book. It has changed everything already. He didn't say everything, but he said it's changed so much already. Good. Um, and so even that, right? Like, and if, if one partner doesn't want to go, you go, mm-hmm. right? Like if you are in a place where all you're doing is fighting and you can't get that that partner to go with you to you go deal for with yourself. It, go for yourself. Yep. And then start hand right, like I've that that book was one of the things, right? Like I have know someone who bought two of those books and handed one to her spouse and went, We are gonna read this book together. Mm-hmm. Um and it was not easy. Like it it was not but they did it and they're married now and now they've read like two or three of those books more together, Good. right? And and things are on an upward swing. So, um, yeah, it, everything is so much easier when you're clear. Mm-hmm. Everything is so much easier when you can communicate and hear each other. And, it, yeah, for me, obviously, it always just comes back to clarity, right? It's mm-hmm. um, you can't have... A, a relationship you can have a good sexual relationship if your marriage relationship is is muddy yeah and vice versa right like if your sex relationship is muddy your marriage is not quite where you can say all day that you've got a great marriage but if your sex relationship is muddy you don't have a great marriage no you don't my uh a therapist once told me if you aren't having sex you don't have a marriage and when we think about not having sex, we think about it at all. But really, a sexless marriage is six or fewer times a year. So every other month. And really, if you're doing it once a month, like, it doesn't really constitute having a healthy sex life. Mm-mm. So, Mm-mm. yeah. That's when you need to come see me. I know someone who can help right. you with that. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Open the it's doors t- coaching. It is time for your tarot reading, if you're down right. with that. So just go ahead and split it three ways. These are so fun. Okay. Three ways. I split oh, it. Oh, that's okay. You can draw that card. You, you, okay. were, you were compelled to draw that card, so let's do it. All right. So you have the seven of air. Describe for the listeners what you see on this beautiful card. So this is a sexy young woman with a, she's standing in front of a city scene in the dark. Mm-hmm. And beautiful hair cascading down her back and she is holding her skirt up and there is no underwear on Mm -hmm. her behind whatsoever (laughs) high heels and hot Mm -hmm. 
Well, it's a blue hue, right? It is a blue You're wearing hue. blue today. Oh, you are right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the air suit is about seduction. It corresponds to swords, and it's about sense of smell and the sphere of uh, dialectics and the mind. Air governs intelligence and the what is rational. It also controls the game of seduction and courtship. So the seven is about expediency, a hidden plan, actions carried out in secret. Uh, It's about the moon in Aquarius and the need to bring about change in a scientific and detached way. Now that's where I see you in it because you are bringing about change for other people. And technically for you, you're, you are the detachment. Mm-hmm. You are the neutral party. You are that person that people can come to and make rational, scientific, hopefully, mm-hmm. decisions that, yes, they're going to listen to their heart and to their emotions, but a lot of it's about let's work through, be logical, think about this in a smart way, work right. smarter, not harder, all that stuff. So exactly. I think that's you right there. I'll take her. I do She's like gorgeous. that card. <laughs> Well, and there's shadows behind her, too. So it's like she's raising her skirt for the people behind her to observe her. Yeah, I was intrigued by the shadows, too. You've been showing your ass, Jennifer? I have not. (laughs) I may have to. No, I don't think I need to do that. In a, what is it? Metaphorical way. Uh Metaphorical way, Expose myself. I think that in many ways you're helping people expose themselves. Well, a lot of my work does have to do with allowing people to trust their heart and mm-hmm. trust their gut. And um, because we've been trained wrong, mm-hmm. right? We've been trained that decisions only come from our head. Mm-hmm. And But when we make a decision from our heart, that feels dangerous mm-hmm. because we're exposing our heart. Mm-hmm. And we make a decision with our gut, that feels dangerous because our gut doesn't have language. And mm-hmm. so it, our gut doesn't give us like linguistic explanations of all of the stuff, right? Um, and so I think th- this is very true. I, um, I'm in a place right now in my business where I'm getting ready to start um, doing Facebook Lives on a regular mm-hmm. basis. Um, and that feels very vulnerable. That feels like I'm exposing myself, right? Oh, I hear that. <laughs> I don't like myself on video. So I, I, I did Facebook Live and Instagram Live for a long time, and I just kind of stopped because I just got so wrapped up in my own hypercriticism mm-hmm. and I mean there's some other things that I again me and my mindset I have to get past mm-hmm. um, as far as some of the things I would get for feedback it wasn't that I got feedback about my content I just felt like I was always just getting comments about like how I looked no or how the space looked or really? my hair or yeah and, and I'm like I, I didn't get on here to to have compliments on this the shell i came on here to get feedback compliments from like what i'm saying or what i'm trying to teach and yeah i've talked about it before i just have an issue with people being too focused on my image and not on what i'm saying yeah i don't like that i don't appreciate that well and i think that for some people it's that's their way of being supportive is to be encouraging because they in their mind they're thinking they would be so afraid to do that and they would feel like they were not pretty enough or not, right? Like, so I think for some people that's their way of encouraging you is to tell you how pretty you look and how nice you looked and your hair looked great and, and just to assuage 
their fears for you, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're, they would be scared to do this. Yeah. And so they're telling you all the things that they would want to hear. Um, and that's why I do Facebook mm-hmm. lives because I can't go back and edit. <laughs> yeah. If I do Facebook live, then yeah, yep. I truly am exposing myself because I can't go back and fix it. Now I can remove it, but I have told myself I won't. Right. Like if I make a, like if I make a real flub, I'll, I'll just stop and take it off and start again. Yeah. But, um, I've only done that a couple times. Most of the time I just keep going. Mm-hmm. And, um, because I'm such a perfectionist that if I were to do like YouTube where you can edit, ooh, yeah. Yeah, I would not yeah, be coaching. I would <laughs> just be, I just be editing YouTube videos, right? I like you. that. I so I, if I did consistent YouTube videos, I would probably have to send the videos off to somebody else to edit and put up. Otherwise, I would just nitpick the hell out of it. Yeah. And that but, brings us back to the card, which mm-hmm. is people don't actually want you to be perfect. People don't actually want you as a business person, especially as a coach, mm-hmm. right? People don't want to coach with someone who's perfect. This is true. And so that vulnerability of being willing to say, you know what? I didn't really do my hair this morning, but I told myself I was going to do a Facebook live. So here we go. Uh-huh. If you want to right? like you, I know my hair is a distraction. Listen to my words. So, um, yeah, I love actually that card. I'm going to have to take a picture of the description yes. of that. Absolutely. Um, and of the card. Time and, to be know, vulnerable. And I was talking about that person I was messaging this morning. That's also a coach. I was telling them how like the big things that I had been focusing on with my meditation and then my manifestation um, is courage, like courage to know I'm doing my thing and Mm -hmm. that that's okay. Courage to know that I may not always say everything perfectly, but I can certainly help people in, you know, little ways. I'm not going to maybe change someone's life overnight, but it's about the small steps. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm even wearing my Wizard of Oz shirt today with my Cowardly Lion on it. I love this shirt. My next tattoo is the Cowardly Lion it's an illustration from the book where, and I'm going to get right here on my heart line on my arm, my first visible tattoo. Uh, it's when he got the crown from uh, the wizard, but it's the moment when he realized he had the courage in him all along. I love that. I love the cowardly lion. Me too. Me too. Because because it really is a lesson of like, you've really got it in you the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, Jennifer, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you Krista. so much for coming so on my excited show. Excited to have been here. Absolutely, baby's first podcast. Yay! You did great. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Thank you so much. You too. Thanks for listening to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. Please rate, subscribe, and share this podcast. And check the show notes for stuff we discussed in the episode. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But visit my website if you want more information about me and my coaching services. You can join my not safe for work email list called The Dirty Bird if you want more content about sex and relationships. You can support said content, like my work with this podcast and other forms of media, by visiting listener support with Anchor FM or visit patreon.com to become one of my patrons. Again, check the show notes. I have links for you there. My theme song is original music by M. Kusa. Until next time.